What is up, guys? It is the Combat Addict here. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we've got a little bit of a mic upgrade. It isn't the mic upgrade that I wanted, uh, and I I just made a bad decision. Uh, I just purchased the wrong fucking thing, and so that is why. Uh, that's why it sounds like this. It doesn't sound like the high quality that I want simply because I got impatient and foolish with my decision making and I bought a mic that I regret buying that I knew I shouldn't buy that I did research on and even concluded shouldn't be bought um, but bought anyways because it was the only one available. So for the next week we're going to be working with this um, and then we're hopefully going to get a proper upgrade to something that sounds a little bit better. I was about to say more professional than but then I mean I'm not a professional, it just would sound better. I'm just a guy who who likes MMA and stuff like that. But with that being said, welcome to another edition. It's edition <laughs> of the combat review. Um Guys, we we've got uh we've got uh some stuff that we need to to talk about today with regard to the UFC event that just happened. Um but there is one thing that happened on the preliminary card, if you know anything about the show, you know that we really only talk about the main card on the review show on Mondays, but there was something that took place in the preliminary card that I want to get out of the way right now because I cannot wait to tear this fucking Robert Drysdale or whatever his fucking name is to pieces because this shit is fucking crazy. So, Max Roshkop. Uh, fights uh, Hubbard. Uh, I can't remember his first name right now. Um, but if you guys saw this fight, I believe it was... Uh, I wish I had it open right now. I believe it was uh, the... The first fight on the card. And it was Max's debut. It was Max's debut. And... Um, he actually took the fight on short notice. He took the fight, I think, on less than a week's notice. Uh, and um, first off, good on you, kid, for even doing that. Uh, that's that's really ballsy. I'm actually quite impressed with him uh, taking that fight that way. He was originally supposed to show up on the Contender Series, but then uh, somebody somebody dropped out, and Dana White was told or the UFC was told that this kid was like the next thing he was like gonna be uh, a big deal and so they uh they, they they opted to um to give him give him a shot and uh his name his name's Max Roscoff he was up against Austin Hubbard uh and they were the first fight on the card now the kid's pretty talented I mean first round he took the first round Let's not even, you know, mince words. He took the first round there. He had uh, submission attempts. He did some crazy heel hook shit in that fight overall. But then in the second round, it became clear that Austin Hubbard's striking was taking over, okay? Um, Max was taking damage. And he wasn't taking so much damage that you would think he was uh, about to be finished in that round. But being finished in round three was definitely a possibility with uh, with everything that was going on on the feet in this in, in round two so 
round two comes to an end and Max is in the corner. I mean, he's hunched over. It's clear that his will is kind of broken at this point. And if it wasn't clear from his body language, at the very least, when he when he started to speak to his, his cornerman, you knew he was done. He basically said, call it. Call it. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. His cornerman then proceeds to say, no, Max, don't do this. No, you're a champion. No, you're fighting. You're fighting. You're doing this. He's like, no, call it. No, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this. He's like, no, you're fighting. You're fighting. You're, you're getting up and you're, and you're fighting in this third round. And he, and he basically just tells the kid, like, you're about to go out there and perform whether or not you want to. Now, I think the doctor is the first person who overhears this fuckery going on. And he... He's like, hey, like, do you want to continue? Like, what's going on? Like, are, do you want to call the fight? And then the referee, he walks over and he, and he goes, I'm taking control of the situation here. I'm taking control of the situation. He just he just goes up to Max. He's like, are you, do you want to continue to fight? Max goes, no. He's like, that's it. The fight is over. The truth of the matter is, what that referee did, that is what his cornerman should have done. Guys, this is so fucked up to me. I can't even believe that this shit went down. The cornerman is looking at a defeated fighter who was getting his ass whooped in the second round and telling him, no, you're going in there. You're fighting. I don't give a shit how you feel. This is supremely fucked up, guys. This is supremely fucked up. And um, let's just take a look. Let's just take a look at the rationale of this individual, uh, Robert Drysdale. Let's just take a, a look at this guy. Try to give you guys a, a look at what, what I'm looking at. We'll take a look at this guy. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, that didn't do what I thought it was going to do. I thought it was going to, but it didn't. Okay, guys. So you just got a look at my software. Um, I feel like an asshole now. Um, I feel like a total asshole right now. Guys, that didn't work the way I thought it was going to work. That was supposed to be really slick. And um, I, that was actually supposed to be really slick. And it, it just didn't turn out that way. So let's just pretend that didn't happen. And it's still... Alright, so, hey, it's the start of a YouTube channel, okay? You can't get it right every time. <laughs> this is supposed to be seamless transitions, guys. The transitions are supposed to be seamless. They aren't always seamless, and I apologize for that. But in any case, let's just take a look at the fuckery that's going on here. Actually, you know what? Because you like to see my beautiful face, you can see my beautiful face as I read this bullshit from Robert Drysdale. He says, I stand by what I did. I gave him the mental coach that he needed. So according to this guy, what he was actually doing was just coaching this guy mentally. He was just trying to toughen him up, I suppose. 
He said, I would do, the, I, I assume he would do the same thing if, if, if the roles were reversed, is basically what he said, and that that's true love, right? That's how you show love for somebody that you care about. This is his argument. And he says, if he had been seriously injured, I would have been the first one to stop that fight. I would have stopped that fight before anybody else. No one cares about him more than I do, or his, or his immediate family, other than his immediate, uh, immediate family, right? Okay, here's the thing about that that's odd to me. The thing about that that doesn't make any sense to me is that why is it that your fighter needs to be seriously injured in order for you to conclude that it would maybe be a good idea to stop the fight? If your fighter loses the will to fight, like, can I just say that they're already, like, if you're hurt that badly mentally, you're already hurt physically because you're going to go out there scared. And if you go out there scared, you're going to get hurt. There's a difference between having a healthy, like, amount of fear and a, and, a, and a level of anxiety and fear that says something like, I am going to get finished. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm terrified. I am not going to go out there and fight, fight to win. I am literally going to run around like a fucking chicken with my head cut off and try not to get my ass beat. That's what the fuck it sounded to me like Max was saying, like, look, man, I don't have this. He told him, he said, I don't have it. He and, and so, and so Drysdale goes, he wasn't seriously hurt. I know he was not in harm's way. He was just frustrated. That's bullshit. Because if you watch the second round, if you watch the second round, you can see, you can clearly see that he's getting his ass whooped progressively. That's how finishes happen. Finishes are slow and then they're quick. That's why they're exciting. They're like a fucking, they're like an engine revving up. At first, it's just you're piecing somebody up and then all of a sudden, it's like there's this flurry of violence and the person is over and done with. That's how finishes work. So if he was getting his ass whooped for like the last third of the second round, you're going to send him back in there for five more minutes thinking to yourself, he may not get finished. Not only that, he may not get finished even though he's completely lost the will to fight. That's bad coaching, man. That, that's, that's a bad cornerman. I would never let that guy be in my corner. Ever. I would never let that guy be in my corner. Because the truth of the matter is, man, like you got to understand it's your health and safety that is on the line when you're in there. People are literally separated from their consciousness. People are irreparably, cha irreparably changed by what goes on in the octagon. Like, some people are never the same afterwards. Kamaro Usman himself said on a podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast, everybody knows what podcast I'll probably be talking about, that every fight takes something from you, man. Like, you're not going in there to play patty cake. You're literally going to the closest, the closest uh, approximation to war that you possibly can. That's not, you don't take that lightly. When somebody says, I don't want to do this, you need to back the fuck up and let them have their space. This guy Drysdale said something like, if you have never fought before, then you shouldn't say anything because um, I don't go around critiquing, you know, astrophysicists on, on what they do. That's because I'm not an astrophysicist. I don't know shit about astrophysicism or whatever the fuck he wanted to say. First off, 
Drysdale, shut the fuck up. And I'm going to tell you why right now. Because we literally critique celebrities, politicians, uh, uh, public figures all the fucking time. We literally always critique people. That's like what an editorial is. It's a fucking critique. It's an opinion on something. People are allowed to critique you. You are not immune to criticism because you've been in a cage. Fuck you, man. It does not take a fighter to understand consent. Consent, you dickhead. The kid doesn't want to fight. You can't force him to literally put his body on the line because you think that he'll be able to pull off some miraculous victory even though he just got his ass kicked for fucking a minute and a half. You dick. Like, I'm... I'm sorry, guys, I don't like to be classless like this and just throw insults around. But the truth of the matter is, it's it's infuriating. Because I have so much respect for fighters, and I understand that what they're doing is seriously dangerous. It's not a fucking game, okay? If you aren't mentally prepared to go into a cage and be, like, seriously fucking hurt, that experience can be terrifying, Okay? I can imagine what it would be like to be in a cage with a trained killer, not want to be there, tell your cornerman, I don't want to be there, and hear them say, it's too late now, bitch, you're in here for good, like, is basically what he's saying. Obviously in much politer terms, but let's be real, guys, like, he might as well have said that. I mean, if there's real fear in the heart of Max, of Max, that's essentially what he's hearing. If he's really scared, if he's actually properly terrified that he is going to lose consciousness, his coach might have well have said that. Because that's got to be what it feels like. I mean, this is, this is, this is fucking, it's unbelievable. And here's, okay, and here's something that honestly pisses me off so much. He goes, if you pay close attention, I did call the fight at the very last second. Really? I did the right thing. I exhausted the six, uh, the 60 seconds, and at the very last second, I called it. Strategically, that was the correct thing to do. I don't regret my decision at all. Okay, guys, let's watch this. I think that this will be fair use, and I don't think the UFC should have a problem with this. But I want you guys to look at this. He says, he claims that... um. Right before the ref comes over and says, hey, hey, kid, like, do you want to fight? That he tried to, um, he tried to, um, what's the word? Stop the fight. I'm not going to show you the whole clip of him, like, talking to, uh, to, to, um, what's the word? Max? Uh, simply because that is going to be, going to be, the, the, getting the audio on that for this podcast right now is actually going to be a little bit difficult. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that right now smoothly. Probably need to figure out how to do that in the future for you guys. But for right now, what I want to just show you is um, the actual, like, the moment here where he's telling him, like, no, you're going to keep fighting. No, you're going to keep fighting. You're going to keep fighting. Um, I wish I could get, on I get top the audio. Of out wrestling. I don't think I can get the audio. And the cardio. The cardio is a huge Oh, you know what? That was a replay. He knows that he Guys, I'm so sorry. I think I... Okay, hold on. Guys, I fucked up. See, this is what I mean. 
this is we're in the preliminary stages guys we're really in the preliminary stages and uh i feel like an absolute asshole but i'm gonna try to find this for you real quick uh he's gonna go to his corner and basically i think this guy's lying he basically says you know i i was gonna i was gonna um i was gonna call the fight or whatever and uh, I, at the very last second, I didn't have the option to do so. So we're going to play this through the, 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 the monitor right now. And hopefully it's fair use. I think it should be fine. But, oh, it's not playing through it. It's not playing through it. Okay, guys. Uh, it's not playing through it. So... We're just gonna have to watch the actual uh, the actual interaction here. So this is the moment where he's talking to him, right? And he's basically telling him like, "No, like you're fighting, like you're gonna fight. Don't be a bitch. Keep going. Like look at him. He's in his ear, basically telling him like you're a champion. You're a champion. You're gonna do this. You're a champion." And uh, Max is telling him like, "No, man. Like I can't do this. Like it's not happening." Uh, Please stop this. Please stop the fight. I don't want to keep doing this. Okay? Now, the referee comes over. And now, look. He, this is the last second. The last second, guys. Look at that. Look at that. So, he's on the stool. He's on the stool. Telling him he's going to keep fighting. This is him exhausting 60 seconds, guys. This is him uh, ensuring that there's enough time for Max to make the decision that he wants to go in there and maybe not get finished by somebody who's clearly piecing him up on the feet. Too much time here. Way too much time. Guys, I told you. I, yeah, I told you. Look at this. Does this look like a coach who's looking to call the fight? No? No? Oh, 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 the ref has to come over. The ref has to come over and actually stop this. Oh, where, at what point were you about to make the decision... To stop the fight. At what point was that what he was doing? I don't think that that was what he was doing at any point. So he's lying. Um. Clearly. Clearly the guy is lying. In my personal opinion. Um. And this is, this is wrong. Flat out. I'm sorry that this was so haphazard. Uh, I thought I was better prepared. I was not. But my point is essentially this. If a fighter says that they don't want to fight anymore, you give them that. They have the right to say, I don't want to do this. You can't force them to fight because you think it's the, it's, it's the best thing for them. If in that moment they're not consenting, that's wrong. I mean, if, 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 some, if, some, if some person out there forced themselves on, onto another human being and said, well, you know, I was just trying to be the, the sexual partner for them that I knew that they needed. <laughs> they weren't consenting at all. And it, it could have caused bodily harm. But I know, I know because I, I just love them so much that I can, that I can force myself onto them. A husband says that about their wife or something. Or a girlfriend says that about their boyfriend. And we're all just supposed to be, like, okay. Just because it's it's in a cage and they're fighting and you're supposed to be tough, quote-unquote, does not mean that all of a sudden the rules of consent don't apply. 
it doesn't work like that, man. There's a reason you can tap out. And and uh, MMA Mania made the made the, the the point perfectly. I mean, this was what I was thinking, and they made the point perfectly. Um, Dan the Hangman Hooker laughed at this 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 incident. What happened with Max? He thought it was funny, basically, uh, and he said something like. How do you get into the UFC without realizing you're made of marshmallows? That's what Dan Hooker tweeted. And he later deleted it. And I'm thinking that he probably deleted it because a lot of people were like, Dan, what the fuck? That's really fucked up. Like, why would you say something like that? We need to be protecting fighters. We need to make it okay for fighters to be safe. Not encouraging people to go out there and take unnecessary damage if they don't want to. If someone has the will to fight and they want to go out there and put themselves at that risk, that's one thing. But we don't want to set a, a precedent where where um, where uh, people people can uh, people can't can't be true to their feelings and then they get hurt as a result of it because if you fight really scared like the chances of you getting hurt are way higher let me tell you something if i'm sparring somebody and my sparring partner is like fickle and doesn't want to like doesn't want to attack i have such an easier time doing work on them in fact setting them up becomes easier because they react so much harder to everything because they're so freaked out you just throw a jab they fucking throw their hands out you can throw across right down the middle and end their life and I'm not even a UFC fighter. So imagine how much more someone else can do. Especially when, what is it, Austin Hubbard, I think he had like 10 fights before this or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. So my point is basically this, man. Uh, it's weird that, that, that Dan would say that. And it's strange that, that uh, Drysdale would even come up with this, this bullshit explanation for what he did. Um, even Dana White got it right, man. Dana White was like, look, man, some people don't understand that it's a whole other level. And if you get here and you don't want to fight anymore, that's fine. That's fine. This kid had had five professional fights. He won all of them. It's not ridiculous to me to think that perhaps he had never been pushed to his limit. Perhaps he had never faced adversity. Perhaps he didn't know what real pain was like. And he found out on Saturday night. That might have been what happened. And he might have decided, you know what? I don't want to do this. And if that's what happened, man, that's okay. Like, I'm not going to tell you that you need to subject yourself to torture now because you wanted to try something. I mean, you had the balls to at least get in the cage and give it a go when most people don't even do that. So, hey, man, good on you for having the balls to do that. Because let me tell you something. It takes, honestly, that is probably the ballsiest thing you could do in a community where the number fifth ranked lightweight calls you a marshmallow. Like he's gonna take a lot of flack for that. People, he, he may never get a UFC fight again because people question his heart. I mean, the kid fucking, that there's a lot at stake. I mean, most people, even if they didn't wanna go out there would still go out just because of the pressure of all of the expectations. If anything, man, it takes more balls to just say no to that shit. Than to go through with it. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I don't know. That's the point. Anyways, basically, these guys at MMA Mania got it right. He says, if we can cut the mochismo bullshit for a minute, quitting on a stool is no different 
than topping to a submission. You nailed it right on the fucking head, man. Right on the head, you nailed that. I don't want anybody to make this kid feel bad for what he did. He'll have to live with the decision that he made. And whether or not he regrets that decision, that's between him and him. I don't think he should. I don't think that's a, dis- a decision that he should regret. I think that if you have a feeling that this isn't going to go well for you, and you don't want to take a, that unnecessary punishment, you don't have to take that unnecessary punishment. And everybody thinks they're the kind of person who would just go into the third round and tough it out until you're literally at the end of a second round having your ass kicked. I mean, let's be straight here. I'm a, I'm the kind of person who said that like I would want to fight. I would want to get in a cage and fight somebody. But I got no idea if I can do it. I mean, I believe I can. I truly deep down in my bones believe that I could fight and that I could win and that I could deal with the pain. I believe that. But do you think that Max didn't believe that before he fought Austin Hubbard? Do you think that he didn't think that? No, man. You don't actually know until you're in there doing it. And that's the thing that people need to realize, man. If somebody feels a kind of way about a fight, I don't care who they are, man. If they feel a kind of way, I'm assuming there's some truth to their feelings. I'm assuming that there is some truth to their feelings, man. Anyways, guys, I I apologize for the technical difficulties there. That was super, super lame of me to to fuck that up. Uh, One of my hotkeys isn't really working. I don't know why, but uh, I had a feeling that that was going to happen because... I don't know if you guys have noticed like this thing about life, but it it almost doesn't matter how much you prepare uh, for, for, for life. There are always challenges that are unique to you. And I've kind of accepted that that's one of the challenges that I seem to face a lot. Like, I can prepare everything and, like, know, like, where everything is and do everything as it should be. But if I don't, like, check to make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be, then something, like, just gets fucked up. So, um, there was supposed to be, you know, the ability to just pause it with a key and I I couldn't do that. So, and then also... I didn't have the shit up in front of me and I just fucked that whole segment up. So the first 26 minutes of this is just me rambling on like a fucking buffoon. But then again, that's what I do like three times a week anyways. So who gives a fuck, I guess is the point. Uh, but that's not what this is. That's not what this show is about today. Uh, this is actually supposed to be a review of the fights that we saw and uh, just like what we thought about the performances so, without further ado, let's talk about UFC ESPN 11, uh, UFC Vegas 3. Uh, Jim Miller fought Roosevelt Roberts. Jim Miller is a vet. We all know Jim Miller. Roosevelt Roberts is new on the block, and uh, he is, I, I, I think he self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed like street, street, uh, street did he say that i almost don't want to say that because like i feel like i might just be assuming i thought he street nigga i don't know he he i think he said that at some point like he self like he said i'm i'm from the streets like from the streets right 
Actually, I probably shouldn't have said that word just now. Even though I'm black, like, I, I really feel like I shouldn't have said that word. I actually don't think that we should say it. I'm going to be straight with you. Like, I think that just the fact that it's got so much bullshit with it, like, I say it sometimes, but, at, like, but it's more just, some sometimes it's just reflex. But honestly, it's one of those things where you're just kind of like, it would just be better if nobody said it. Don't you think? Like, don't you think it would just be better if we all just collectively as a group, we're like, all right, no more N-word. Like, that's it. It's just, we're done with that. It's over. I just feel like that would be better. I don't know. The problem is it's like such a deep part of like so many cultures that you can't really just get rid of it like that unless we started like a huge movement to get rid of that shit. But I don't know. I don't like saying it anymore. I mean, I mean, everybody likes saying it just like every other foul word that has ever existed. But I've given up the R word, the F word. Man, I've given up so many fucking words already. I might as well just give up the N-word. It's just one more word. Like, I don't need that shit at this point. This is I shouldn't even be talking about this on this podcast. That is not what this podcast is for. <laughs> Look, man. Sometimes we go off on tangents, all right? That's what's happening right now. My point is, I just think that it's it's like, it's just an unnecessary-ass fucking word, bro. It's just unnecessary. There are so many substitutes, bro. I mean, bro is literally a substitute for that word. You know? The problem is, street is like a term. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't you can't say street without saying street. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, you, 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 it's a catch-22. Like, either you lose that whole term... Because it's like there's a whole, there's so much slang built around the word that you don't just lose the word, you use, you lose all of the slang that surrounds the word, and then it's just like, man, there's like a whole set of vocabulary that people just don't even fucking have anymore. I mean, it's way different than just like the R word, you know what I mean? You know, there's fuck, there's bitch, there's, I just insert the N word here, there's fuck, there's bitch. You know what I'm saying? There's weak ass. There's fucking street. There's hood ass. There's all kinds of, you know what I'm saying? There's ain't shit. That's just the one before. You know, it's just, there's a million different terms that you can't use. And they're all in like the rap songs too. So even if you didn't want to say the shit, like you don't even have a choice after a while because you just hear it all the time. But yeah, man, I have a theory that like as soon as we stop saying that word, as soon as everybody collectively just fucks off with that word, like things are going to get a bit better, I feel. I just feel like just burying that part of our history is like really beneficial, man. It really is going to make it so a lot of people can move on. I mean, it's kind of like how the term yard ape might be real in that it's a a derogatory you know term for african-american individuals but nobody fucking knows about it like barely anybody knows about it the only reason i know about it is because there was a fucking cbc article about some crazy woman in caledonia who had a fucking store called the princess on the yard because she's fucking tone deaf and knew it was a racial slur and still made it her fucking 
storefront name. I don't know what the fuck she was thinking. Anyways. My point is, man, I mean, if, if we can get the N-word to be like that, then, like, what are what are racist white people even going to use to, 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 I mean, that's just a generalization because not only white people are, it's not only white people who are racist, but what are racists going to use if everybody just stops saying that word? You know what I mean? If we just all stop saying it for like 50 years, there are going to be kids who grow up and just never know that it was a word ever. If we if we eliminate the reality of of derogatory terms, then it's like you can't really use any negative words to differentiate people. You know what I'm saying? All you'll be able to use are terms that are not exclusive to a group of individuals. And in that case, it kind of removes the racist aspect, which then makes it so that like if you just don't like somebody, you'll call them a bitch, but you won't call them, you know, anything that hits at anybody more than them and that's probably the best way man i actually really think that we should stop saying it and if you say it like i'm not gonna like i'm not mad at you i don't know shit about look man i grew up in a white neighborhood i don't know shit about uh the cultures that actually make use of that word and i say the cultures because that's not my culture i may be black man but i have nothing to do with with Harlem or Compton or Atlanta or 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 Brooklyn or any man Memphis Louisiana New Orleans I got nothing to do with any of that shit anybody from any of those areas where they actually use the word like regularly I barely even understand like the Toronto the Toronto slang and it's and it's it's a pro- appropriation of of that because that's really i mean toronto like toronto like and 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 black culture it's really just like our own version i guess of slang and 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 blackness and caribbean caribbean culture i didn't even get any of that because i fucking lived in in whitesville right so i can't say shit about it man i really can't say shit about it like i i wish that uh I was in a better position to sort of have an opinion on it, but really, I, I might as well just be, that's actually not true. One thing is certain, though, um, I just think we should stop saying it, and that's what I think. All right, guys, so we took a little break, um, I had to, uh, I had to eat, and uh, so we're back. We're back. <laughs> I probably didn't even need to tell you that, but it is clear that there are letters in the background of this video now. Where there were no letters before, and if anybody here is a fan of film and continuity, you know that that's a big red flag, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge stickler for continuity. I mean massive. If something is not consistent in a film, I immediately call it out and I'm just like, you fucked up. I don't, it's not even, I'm not even mad. I just get a kick out of just, just letting them know that they fucked up. So I fucked up. Now there's, there's shit in the background there that shouldn't be there. I'm sorry, y'all. It's fucking, it's whatever. It is what it is. Okay. Point is, 
Point is, man. The UFC is fucking awesome. And we had some great fights. So, Jim Miller uh, versus Roosevelt Roberts. Uh, this fight was short and sweet. I knew that Jim Miller was going to win. I don't know, like, if anybody really questioned that. It was pretty obvious uh, just because Jim Miller is so experienced and so good uh, that it, it seems odd that they would even give Roosevelt Roberts this fight this is okay I, I'm I've got to I'm concerned about the UFC because they're giving fighters fights that we all know they shouldn't be giving fighters we know this um Chase Hooper should not be fighting somebody who's had uh, years of UFC experience his second time around. Um, Roosevelt Roberts should not be taking on Jim fucking Miller in what, his like third UFC fight? These match, these These matchups are just fucking awful for some of these young guys. It's like they're just giving them, they're just giving them L's because and i don't know if it's because these young guys they just want money like they're just broke as fuck and they know that more than likely they're not gonna win the fight and they just say look man just put me up against anybody i don't care and dana is like well we gotta fill a fucking spot so they just throw him in there that might be what it is but uh i'm telling you man like this shit is fucked up like it's not it's not right to be to be doing this this is this is uh I think probably the third matchup I've seen in the past couple weeks where I'm just like, why the fuck would they do this? Why would they give this 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 newcomer, this fucking vet, and uh, expect it to be okay? Like, especially, it's not like it's a super impressive newcomer either. It's not like Roosevelt Roberts is, is, is uh, you know, showed some, some unbelievable skill that could rival that of a, of a champion one day we haven't seen like some some next level striking or grappling from him i mean he's won and he's good but he's he's raw man they need to shape him more before they give him a veteran like that <clears throat> you know what i'm saying i mean even even sean o'malley had a had an easier fight arguably than 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 roosevelt roberts and sean o'malley has had what was it three three fights in the UFC before before uh, that last fight he had with the knockout. And it's just like, I, I don't understand, man. Jim Miller just submitted this guy with an arm bar at 2 minutes and 37 seconds. Roosevelt Roberts was on top. Uh, Jim Miller threw the submission on, and uh, he, he verbally tapped. Great job by Jim Miller. I mean, great fight. There's not much to say about that. Uh, but one thing I will say is that they should not have given given Roosevelt Roberts that fight, man. It just it's just not fair. It's um I don't think that that's a good thing to do. I personally think that uh, if you're just gonna be handing handing young guys L's just so that you can fill a spot, uh, you really need to be thinking about like their longevity. I mean, even if you're thinking it think about it from like a business sense like let's just say that you throw a young guy in there with like Ch like chase hooper for example who got tuned up pretty bad in his last fight 
you throw them in there with somebody who gives them, you know, some serious brain damage and they can't fight again for like six months. It's like, was it worth it? Like instead of workshopping this young fighter and having them fight maybe two, three times in six months, you, you throw them in there, they get fucking eaten alive by some veteran and then they're out for, you know what I mean? It just, it just seems, it seems kind of, it's a concerning trend. It's not a problem yet. Like they're fine. So maybe, I don't know what I'm talking about, but at the very least, man, like, I think we should be keeping an eye on this, because it, it seems like something that's happening more and more and more, and like, in an attempt to just get as many fights out as possible, I think that they're they're making some, some compromises that they maybe should think twice about making. In any case, the next ballot that we had was at welterweight with Lyman Good versus Bilal Muhammad. This was actually a decent fight. Um, Lyman Good as a fighter, I mean, just watching him on Saturday night, he's really, like, just your standard, your standard fighter. I mean, I almost feel like he's in the wrong era. I mean, even his build, you just look at him like he's just, he's, he's, he's almost, he's like two inches of muscle away from being Juice Piggy. Like, he's just so close to just being, like, uh, Kevin Randleman's era of fighting where they were just just unbelievably ripped you know what i mean like a like a like a like a, a, sh a shamrock uh he just looks almost like he belongs in a decade maybe maybe just just one before this one uh or or two but uh but the point is uh he's not a very diverse fighter i'll say i mean like watching him fight you're not entertained per se by his movements uh, so much as you are just by the, the prospect of him actually landing clean. You're just like this this fucking genetic freak with this wall of a torso is going full steam ahead and just trying to cripple this this uh, this Bilal Muhammad. And uh, that's an alarm telling me to go to sleep because sleep is important, kids. Uh, anyways, fucking... Bala Muhammad has to fight this genetic monster, and uh, Bala Muhammad, I, I I actually didn't really know who he was, but I'll remember his name now because his fight moniker is Bilal, Remember the name Muhammad. So I mean, if you forget his name, that'd be kind of funny. But uh, it's uh, gonna be hard to do that. In any case, first round, uh, Lyman good pressured him pretty much the whole time, and he took a lot of shots early, but he kind of settled in. Uh, Bilal Muhammad super mobile, and uh, he he was throwing this left switch kick that was actually, I mean, in my personal opinion, kind of predictable. He didn't throw it. He didn't throw it like to the body. He didn't throw it to the leg. He just threw it to the head every time, over and over and over again. And I am I've always thought that that's odd. Like, if you're a fighter, and here's the thing, guys. Like, I always say this. I am not a fighter, so, hey, maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I've always thought, if you're going to throw a kick to the head, it shouldn't be your first kick. Like, or if it is your first kick, it's got to be the first kick, and then you got to mix it up and kind of throw it at different levels from different sides so that you can catch somebody slipping and hit them with the, with the, with the, with the power shot. That's the idea that I kind of come with, you know, that, that I would come to a fight with. But Bala Muhammad just sort of threw it up there over and over and over again, 
and it was getting blocked every single time and after a certain point it's like can you even be surprised that that's being blocked like are you throwing it thinking that it's gonna land because striking from what i understand is is creating patterns for your opponent so that you can exploit them so if you are giving them a pattern that isn't exploitative but is more just habitual in that they always know that the kick is coming high and to their head from that right side you're doing them a favor you're not really actually like playing a game of chess with the striking so much as you're just throwing a kick up and hoping that it lands that's like the equivalent of just throwing hail marys over and over again in a football game and hoping that something amazing will happen well the defense is just gonna go deep they're just gonna go cover three and then and then and then you're fucked because they just know that you're just throwing bombs all day so I don't know why he did that because honestly it was a pretty quick kick and if he threw like kicks to the right uh, to the to his to his opponent's left side from his right side uh, and threw low kicks with the left leg I'm sure he could have thrown a question mark kick or even a kick straight up the middle to the chin and at least hit him once I don't think he hit him clean with that kick one time which is a damn shame because it's like it's a good kick, but he just he just didn't really set it up, I thought. I thought that it was just odd. Uh, the second round, what do I got here? There's still great pressure from uh, Lyman Good, but his approach is kind of blunt and short-sighted. Because uh, Bilal Muhammad is piecing him up, and he's doing much better in the exchanges. That was my interpretation of round two. I gave uh, Lyman good the first round. It was a 10-9 just because even though he got hit a lot in the beginning, he seemed to kind of figure Bilal out. But then round two, I gave uh, Bilal 10 and I gave Lyman 9 uh, because Lyman just started kind of walking into... It just seemed like he was walking into shots and Bilal was actually landing more and started fucking him up in the, in the early seconds of the round. Uh, he was doing much better in exchanges, in my personal opinion, when I was watching it. These are just my notes. Who knows? Maybe I'm actually fucking crazy. Um, round three, uh, I gave to Lyman Good, actually. It was a 10-9 for Lyman Good. And I said the fundamentals sort of saved the day. I mean, he rocked Bilal hard in the round. Uh, and, and because of a, an uncommitted hook that was thrown by Bilal, actually, that's why he got rocked. Bilal threw a left hand, but he threw it really fucking odd, man. He threw it like, he, first off, he didn't, okay, when you throw a hook, your I was taught that you're supposed to throw it, like, as straight across as possible. Like, I gotta be able to put a cup on my elbow here, and, and uh, it just stay there. You don't want to throw it like this, you don't want to throw it like this, you know what I'm saying? You want your, 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 your elbow to be as uh, flat as humanly possible, right? He kind of threw it down, and he didn't bend his elbow. He threw it, like, kind of straight across like that, and he left himself open. And so when he threw that, Lyman came over the top with a quick hook, a quick right hand, and cracked him and, and rocked him pretty bad. And I think that the reason he threw that punch like that is just because he's, he was just being... It's like he was being overly cautious in the sense that he was afraid to get hit, it seemed like, almost... And because of that, he was, he was you know, high. He was high, which right off the bat, bad fucking move. Your chin is up in the air. And he, he's throwing his punch down. And he's just, he's, his, his, his stance is not very wide. So anything that is coming to your jaw here 
There is nothing. There is no give anywhere else. Um, like you have no power in your stance, in your in your in your in your defense with your striking. You're fucked. So he got clipped, and uh, I mean he got rocked really hard. And so I gave that to Lyman Good. And I'm assuming that the judges actually gave Bilal round one as well, probably because he did actually land that many more strikes than Lyman. And so that's probably why there was a unanimous decision to give Bilal Muhammad the win. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I got that one wrong. I had it, I had it, uh, I had it for Lyman good on that one, probably because I scored the first round incorrectly. But uh, any case, Bilal Muhammad did a good job. Uh, remember the name. Uh, the guy's good, and uh, he's in the welterweight division. He's got a an interesting fighting style. He's very he's very mobile, kind of a little bit little flashy, not too flashy, but flashy enough. He's a solid fighter. He's a good fighter. You could have him on a card and it not be like a snooze fest, you know. And he uh, he he can he he can bang, man. He'll go in there and he'll actually do some damage. So. Bilal, shout out to you. Good job. That was fucking sweet. Lyman Good needs to diversify, man. I I'm telling you, I don't know if people... And here's the thing. like, If you're a fighter and you spend all of your time fighting, like you spend all of your time training and learning to fight, it just seems odd to me that you would stick to nothing but the conventional forms of combat being like jabs and crosses and hooks. I mean, the guy barely threw any kicks. And it's just odd. Like, I'm like, man, if you want to do that, like, you know what you need to do? You need to go box. You need to go box and you need to spend all of your time boxing. Because I guarantee you, like, if you spent all of your time on boxing, just on your hands, you could probably make it. I mean, you've already been in the UFC. At the very least, you've got a foot in the door when it comes to the combat industry. If you just say, you know what, I'm gonna box now. There's gotta be a boxing promotion out there who's interested in taking you. And there's gotta be enough training that you can do with the extra time that you get from not doing jujitsu or Muay Thai or whatever that you can actually become a decent boxer. But for you to be in the UFC just, just not even just in the UFC, in MMA generally, let alone the UFC, and be so, like, one-dimensional, it just never made sense to me. And, and I'm not trying to, you know, take a shit on, on, on Lyman Good here. Like, hey, man, Lyman, I'm sure you're a good guy. You know what I'm saying? My point is just simply this. Like, I don't understand why you're okay with the complacency of standard moves. Um... You don't even throw elbows, like, from what I could see. Like, he doesn't even throw elbows. He doesn't even, like, clinch up and throw knees. It's just weird. It's just a weird thing to me. Like, I, I, I just imagine that... Because the reason that I think fighting is so fun is because there are literally so many things you can do. And if you're good enough, you can do a lot of those things very, very elegantly and brutally all at the same time. But, 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 but make it look easy. And that's what's so great about it. You know, if you can throw a combination together that, you know, is, you know, left hand, right hand, left kick, you know, right knee, elbow, that's fucking badass. Like, you, I mean, holy fuck. That's like, if you can do that and land most of that, you're, you're really, really in a better, you're in a better position than most people because most people can't even do that. But at least most people try. While Paul Felder is not John Jones, Paul Felder, at, at the very least, 
attempts to throw spinning back fists and stuff like this and he lands them sometimes and it's i mean it's not it's not it's not the prettiest thing in the world but it's an it's effective enough and 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 damaging enough that it's like something that we recognize as a part of his arsenal you know what i'm saying and um it'd be different if he was like if he was so good at the conventional styles that he was always finishing people but he's not even doing that i mean he's going the distance with with Bilal muhammad who people may not even really know and um i just feel like if he diversified his game he'd be much more dangerous because at the very least, like, I mean, Lyman, if you see this, think about it like this, man. Even if you don't want to throw kicks, even if you don't want to throw knees and you don't want to clinch, even if you don't want to learn the ground game, at the very least, learn enough of it so that it's a threat to your opponent. Because then you're going to have so much more fun with your hands. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Once they're looking for kicks and knees and elbows, you think that throwing a right hand is going to be the same when, when they're looking for all of that? Fuck no, man. If they're looking for all of that, when you decide to throw a right hand, there's like six other things that their brain is going to have to rule out before they can react to the right hand. I I personally believe that if he if he diversified, he would probably get like at least like one knockout in his next three fights. At least one. I mean, he's strong enough, I imagine. He's he's big enough, it looks like. I don't know if he's got that power, but, I mean, if he does, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't even remember the fights that I've seen him in where he's knocked somebody out. I feel like he's got to be able to do it, man. I feel like he's knocked somebody out before because I, I remembered his name, and it just makes me think that he must have knocked somebody out. Anyways, my point is, man, if he, if he did that... Um, I think it had just opened doors for him. But hey, you know, once again, fuck do I know. Um, next bout was bantamweight bout. Women's bantamweight. We got uh, Morion Renault and Raquel Pennington. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. This fight was like, it was, eh, it was, eh, it was all right. It wasn't that great. It was, um... I would say Marion Renault in the first round seemed to be the better striker, in my opinion. Uh, Raquel Pennington was super, super strong. So it was 10-9 Marion Renault, but then the next two rounds I gave to Raquel Pennington 10-9. Uh, she had great ground and pound in the second round. It was actually really entertaining to watch her work, so that was really cool. Um, I'm just surprised that Marion Renault at 43 and a woman like this is a this is a woman at 43. I mean Jesus, for you to get in there as a woman who's probably had children, like you've probably gone through that already. You know what I mean? You probably had to you know raise them on the side with training to be doing to be doing this at 43. I mean, fuck, that, that is a. Uh, truly impressive getting in there with a young girl like Raquel Pennington who was incredibly strong and actually lasting the full three rounds and and not really being close to getting finished it's just impressive uh so shout out to uh Marion Renault for just being a fucking badass bitch and getting in there and, and getting it done because that was fucking sweet man. that was truly fucking sweet uh fight of the night guys uh fight of the night we had Shane Burgos versus Josh Emmett this fight was fucking insane this was fucking so sick um i heard some people saying like fight of the year and i was like that's that's a bit fucking that's a bit ridiculous i mean 
can we all not argue that um, Gaethje versus Ferguson was fucking hardcore, was fucking gangster as shit? Can we all just, like, remember that that fight happened? Uh, so fight of the year? I don't know. I don't know if you're going to give that fight of the year. And we already have, like, so much shit lined up for, like, the next three weeks. I mean, there's so much potential for a fight of the year to come out. Like, for, for, for people to be saying that already, a three-round fight, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. I think that's bold. I think you got a lot of confidence if that is uh, your, your, your pick for fight of the year. But fight of the night, most definitely. When I was watching it. I was like, fight of the night, question mark, because we still had one more fight to go, and I keep an open mind if I can, but uh, really, man, this was this this was it. So Shane Burgos fights Josh Emmett. Shane Burgos is a good fighter, man. Uh, I saw him, I think I, I first got my eyes on him probably about a year ago, uh, and he finished somebody, and I was like, this guy, I mean, I kind of thought he looked a bit goofy. No offense, Shane, if you ever see this. But uh, I I thought he kind of looked a bit little, little bit goofy. Like, his eyes were pretty big. So I was like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't take this guy too seriously. And then he fucked this guy up. And, and I was like, oh, shit. Hurricane Shane doesn't give a fuck. So, uh, and he actually doesn't give a fuck. Like, if you guys have seen this fight, I mean, if you haven't seen this fight, you need to go see this fight. You need to get Fight Pass and fucking watch it. But, um... Let's just get into it, man. So the first round uh, I gave to Josh Emmett, 10-9. I would say that because he landed early and often, right away, and uh, while near the end of the round he faded, he definitely took the fight into his hands in the very beginning. I mean, he he let him know who was boss. Um, Shane Burgos is tough as a stick of leather gum. I mean, that motherfucker really was just taking shots on the chin over and over and over again. And... I'm going to be straight with you guys. When I saw this happening, and everybody's talking about how Josh Emmett literally puts people to sleep, okay? And Shane Burgos is taking these shots over and over and over again. I thought to myself, this is going to be, I am so sure, El Kakui all over again. Tony Ferguson was taking that left hook from Justin Gaethje all night and just expecting that it wasn't going to affect him. But I knew, I knew that eventually that was going to add up, eventually, especially over five rounds. And once again, when I was watching this, I thought to myself, Shane Burgos is being a meathead right now because he's, I mean, like, I get it. You're tough. You can take a, you can take a shot to the chin. But what I feel like people aren't like really conscientious of, and I don't get it when somebody says, oh my God, he's got a great chin. That's bad. Like, I don't actually, when somebody says that in the middle of a fight. I'm actually more concerned for the fighter, like, holistically than anything else. Because if you are taking so many punches to the face that people are complimenting you on it, you got to understand that that, uh, what that basically means is uh, your chin is slowly dying. It's slowly dying. Your chin has a lifespan, man. You can't take punches like that all the time forever. The more you get hit in the face like that, the easier it is for you to become knocked unconscious. So, while Shane Burgos may have a hell of a chin right now, and he's just lapping it up and enjoying all of these shots he's taking to the jaw, and I'm a badass, I'm Shane Burgos, and I'm 
and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna back down. It's like okay, well Shane, in two years you're not gonna be able to take that shot, and when you're in a seriously high profile fight, and you're fighting more intelligently, like I hope you would have, and you take that kind of a shot again, if you had fought more you know intelligently prior, you might have been able to take it in that you know higher profile fight. But now you won't be able to. Now, if you get to a higher profile fight and you take that shot again, the chances of you getting knocked out are actually higher. So, um, I don't know, man. He's being careless with his chin, and I'm worried about it because he, he, it seems like he almost revels in the fact that he can get rocked and take these shots and not care. Um, but in the second round, uh, he started to come back on strong. I gave the second round to Shane Burgos. Uh, he started to eat less shots and he started to train with him more. And I could see that Josh Emmett was tired. Uh, and he was on, he, he was on his back foot, but he was tough. He was in the fight the whole time. He was in the fight the whole time. And, uh, even though, uh, he ended up getting pressured for most of it, he actually, he did some damage on, on, on Shane Burgos. Now the third round was goddamn insane. It was it was insanity. Um, he drops Shane Burgos at least twice. I think he might have dropped him three times, but I know he dropped him twice for sure. And each time that he drops Shane Burgos, Shane Burgos is smiling like like he's grinning, which I think is so odd. I don't know why. I don't know why. Like like. I know that he's smiling probably because A, he either wants to get into his opponent's head or B, because he just, you know, he's such an animal that he just loves the shit. You know what I mean? But for me, it's kind of like he almost doesn't understand what he's doing to himself or what's happening to his brain. Like, not to say that he should be freaked out and terrified or anything like that, but that at the very least, like, he should be a little bit more cautious after the fact. But it, it seems to me that he almost just reveled in it and got up and began to fight the same way, which is crazy. I mean, I can't even believe that. Like, it's one thing to take these shots on the chin, and that's my point, right? It caught up to him. He got dropped twice in the third round people 10 minutes passed and all of a sudden his chin was gone okay so imagine what's gonna happen if he keeps fighting like that for the next year his chin's gonna be gone man at least that's what i think you think that he would you think that he would get up and and i don't know maybe try try a different tact because the truth of the matter is it was one one up until that point in my opinion so so he could take the fight but once he got dropped i was like it's over josh emmett won man josh emmett won and he dropped him twice and shane's smiling and he's loving it and everything like that but the unanimous decision goes to josh emmett and i agree i agree i agree i i think that josh emmett the vet uh he 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 pulled it out um and while the veterans may fight a little bit smarter a little bit more cautiously uh, and it may not be 
as exciting as, as, as something that Jane, Shane Burgos is going to do. It's exciting enough for me that I really enjoyed watching Josh Emmett fight. I would love to watch Josh Emmett fight again. I would love to see Shane Burgos fight. I'm kind of worried for him, though, because he literally left himself open for a right hand like 15 times in a fight. And it's just like, man, it's kind of like uh, I was watching Jessica I fight Cynthia Calvillo and Jessica I got hit in the face with the with the left switch kick. I swear to God, like at least three times, three times. And I'm like, isn't this how you got knocked out before? I swear to fuck. Um, Shevchenko knocked you out like this. Did, isn't that what happened? <laughs> Which makes you think it's like, if that is what happened, then why aren't you making that adjustment? Like, why aren't you taking the time to fix that? I don't know. I don't know. I just think that that's something that uh, you should probably get handled. And Shane Burgos, it's the same thing for you. Like, if that's an opening that exists in your game, please don't leave it. Please don't neglect it because you're going to get seriously hurt. Like, you're going to get really hurt. You're going to fight Jeremy Stevens, and he's going to lay you out like he did Josh Emmett, and it's going to it's gonna fuck with you. So, please just fight smarter. That's all I would say, man. But, but the vets are no joke, man. And uh, I think that the young guys need to, like, take stock that, like, you can't just, like, you can't just get into the cage with a veteran and leave yourself open like that over and over again and expect to win. They're going to take you out. I'm surprised that he didn't get knocked clean out, honestly. If that was a five-round fight, Shane Burgos was going unconscious. I'm telling you. He was going unconscious. Because I called it in the first round. Everyone did. Even Mike Bis- Michael Bisbing was like, man, you cannot take shots like this. You cannot eat too many of those. Immediately, I was like, I honestly, man, I, I had a feeling that, that, that uh, I wanted Shane Burgos to win because I, I, I uh, you know, he's the young guy and, you know, I know Josh Emmett, but I don't know him that well. Um, but as soon as I saw him taking those right hands, man, I was like, no, man. This is over. That's going to be the death of him. And it was. He could have taken the third round. But he... Uh, he didn't, man. So unanimous for Josh Emmett. And we're going to talk about the main event now. So this fight... Fucking sucked. I'm sorry. I hated this fight. I did not enjoy it. I, I watched it because I'm a UFC fan. And I, I believe that uh, I should give the fight a chance. I mean, you know... Who knows, maybe something crazy happens halfway through it, or at the very least, like just to know exactly what went down, I'll watch it. You know what I mean? Even if it just bores my fucking eyes out, I will watch the fight. Um, I actually thought this fight was going to be pretty good. The problem with wrestlers is either their fights are like fucking sick because they just beat the fucking shit out of their opposition, um, like but with a ground and pound, uh, or... They don't rely on their wrestling. And so it's kind of like there's this nice like hybrid that they do that's really entertaining to watch just for technique purposes. Or they fucking ragdoll. And uh, ironic, that's the term that I use. They they ragdoll. Because Curtis Blade was talking about ragdolling Volkov. And uh, I don't know if just laying on top of him for five rounds is ragdolling him. But I guess it is. Um, 
not mad at Curtis Blades. Look, man, you do what you got to do to win. And uh, in the second or th no, the third round, the third round, I think, where he kind of tried to stand with Volkov, he got fucked up. Like, he got hit in the face. No, it was the fourth round. He got hit in the face, and his mouth started bleeding profusely. I mean, his fault, though, because, look, honestly, let's review this from the beginning, and then we'll talk about that. So, uh, the first round is a 10-8 for Curtis Blades. Uh, essentially, he gets him up against the fence. Uh, he's in that, you know, notorious Colby Covington, Habib position. And he's just kneeing him in the butt and controlling him. And uh, Alexander Volkov is just going, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, basically, over and over again. Round two is interesting. Uh, Curtis Blades comes out with the fancy hands. And uh, I put a note uh, down that this guy is a title contender for sure. Because he, he threw those hands out there, and he was, he, was fucking fuck, he was fucking him up, man, for the first little bit. And then he took him down again, and uh, it was more, more, more wrestling. And uh, Alexander Volkov went, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Round three was fucking boring. I didn't even, like, make any notes, man. They just fucking laid on top of each other. Round four, he tried to stand with Volkov again. Uh, but when he went in for the takedown, Volkov threw uh, a knee, I believe. From the angle that I was looking at it. And uh, he fucking caught him. And uh, he busted his mouth up. And basically Volkov. I mean naturally is just predicting. That this guy is just going to shoot on me. So he's just throwing low strikes. I mean it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not hard to figure out. What you're going to do Curtis. When you just keep shooting over and over and over again. People are going to catch on. And he did. He caught on. So, he's like, oh, fuck, my mouth hurts. I'm, like, I could lose this fight now. And, um, in round five, I think it's more of the same where, where they're, they're standing on the feet and Volkov is, 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 is landing. Uh, but then, uh, Curtis finally gets him to the ground again. And, uh, about half of the fifth round was exciting. And Volkov almost won. But, uh. I was about to say unfortunately, but I was rooting for Curtis Blades here. Uh, so fortunately, Curtis Blades won. He didn't win in the way that uh, I would have wanted him to win, but he won. And honestly, guys, I heard that everybody's been giving him shit about this. Everybody, stop giving him shit, okay? And I was going to talk about this on Wednesday's show. I probably will elaborate on it, but really quickly, let me just say, all of you need to shut the fuck up when it comes to talking shit about this guy and how he, he 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 finished this fight or how he 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 uh he won this fight if you want to say that you were disappointed in his performance that's okay if you want to say that you wish he had done something different that's okay but don't like belittle him or 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 demean him or call him like dana white called him stupid basically not just because of his performance but because he talked all of this shit and then he got in the cage and uh, didn't do what he said he was going to do. And Dana White is, is right in a sense that you do look kind of foolish if you talk the talk but don't walk the walk. But at the same time, look, man, like sometimes <laughs> sometimes you need to recognize that uh, it's not that easy to just go in there and finish somebody who's 6'8 and a kickboxer. Like it's not that easy. So give him the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm not going to talk shit about him. Uh, I'm not going to knock him. 
I don't know. Like, he says he's proud of the win. He says he likes the win. I don't have a problem with that. Like, me personally, I wouldn't want to win like that. You know what I mean? That's not how I would want to win. But if he's cool with that and he, and he, you know, resolved in himself that that was what I could do, that's what I had to do, then whatever, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit on you for that, man. And I don't think that, that, that we all should either. I think that, maybe I shouldn't tell you guys to shut the fuck up. See, that's the problem. I just say things. I just say things. That was rude. I mean, it, it's also kind of how I feel, but like, that was just mean. Look, man, my point is basically this. It's not that easy. It's not that easy uh, when you got somebody in there like that. And I think that Curtis Blades kind of shot himself in the foot here because I actually believe that if he tried to stand on the feet more, he would have had more success and actually probably could have done more damage to Volkov instead of just shooting in for the takedown blindly. That's one critique that I do have for him where it's like, Look, man, you didn't even try to stand with this guy, really. I mean, at the start of round two, you did. But truthfully, there were so many opportunities for you to, like, put more effort into it. And I don't know if you thought you were going to get knocked out or what. But, like, you could have mixed it up. And I bet you you would have been better off for it. Um, but he made the decision that he did. He made the decision that he did, everybody. And we have to live with it. Look, anyways, man. Um, this, this Honestly, this podcast was a fucking shit show, guys. I am so sorry. I need to get my fucking act together. This was, this was supposed to be, like, very organized. And, and much, much better in terms of quality. I mean, even the fucking mic I got wrong. Every, everything about this fucking podcast right now is just a fucking mess. But, point is... We had a good time watching some fights, and uh, I will see you guys again on Wednesday. For those of you who want to follow me on social media, get updates when new videos come out. My Instagram and Twitter handle is the Combat Addict. Um, my Twitch, which I don't think any like, if you're interested in watching me play video games and be an idiot, uh, is the underscore Combat underscore Addict. So there's that as well. If you don't want to have to watch me on video the entire time, my podcast, My Mouth Does the Talking, is available on Spotify and iTunes. So, you know, it's there as well. All right, I'll let my mouth do the talking on this one, guys. Uh, and uh, I'll see you on Monday. <laughs>